are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Thursday, January 13th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thank you for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. We're free and available on all podcast platforms. Talked with Cody Funderburk, left-handed pitcher in the Twins system on Tuesday. Really enjoyed talking to Cody. If you haven't checked that interview out on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, this is Nash Walker, writer at Twins Daily, lifelong Twins fan, bringing you five days a week coverage on the Minnesota Twins. Now three days a week coverage as we trudge along through this lockout. I have an interesting episode for you today, looking at sleeper candidates for the Twins in 2022. We're going to describe what a sleeper is, what I see a sleeper as being, and some of these sleepers for the 2021 Twins. You can start to kind of think about who's going to fill that role potentially for the team in 2022. Because a lot of times, the sleepers are the ones who make the biggest difference, right? If you get health from your best players, they're going to come through for you. That's that's what you want to write in pen. And that's not always the case, but that's what you want to rely on. It's the guys you didn't expect. The CJ Crones in the first half of 2019. The Randy Domnacks in 2019. The Tyler Duffies in 2019. Trevor May's exceptional second half in 2019. That's what made the Twins so great. Of course, it was Nelson Cruz. It was Max Kepler. It was Miguel Sano. It was Jose Barrios. It was Michael Pineda until he was suspended. But what made the Twins great is those sleepers. Jonathan Scope, CJ Crone. I mentioned those guys. Came through for the Twins. Mitch Garver, of course. like Mitch Garver, what a sleeper going into 2019, right? To have the type of season he did. That's what made the team so awesome. Max Kepler was a sleeper going into 2019 uh, for a big season. And, you know, in some ways, Sano was, you could make the case for almost anybody. Nelson Cruz with the year he had. So the the definition can kind of span to a lot of different guys, but we're going to, we're going to narrow it down to some candidates. I think some prime sleeper candidates and one of the biggest kind of quotas or requirements of a sleeper is there needs to be some prior success, right? There needs to be a little bit of a hint that that player has more within them or they have a chance to have a great season in that season. Um, I think that these three do, my top three, and we have a bunch of candidates as well. I'm really excited to talk about. I did tweet the other day. You can follow me on Twitter at Nash Walker. Now you can follow the show at Lockdown Twins. I will be calling play-by-play in Palm Springs for the Palm Springs Power. It is a collegiate league. It's like a collegiate all-star league. Um, I'll be doing that for two months. When I graduate in May, going out to Palm Springs for June and July, um, we'll be calling that. So for those of you who don't know, aspiring sports broadcaster, I graduate from Mizzou in May. And this is you know what you do. You kind of go find a, a little role and you build a tape and you move it on to the next team. But if you're an avid listener of Lockdown Twins, and I thank you for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day, or you just tune in once in a while and you want to hear me talk about the Twins, I really appreciate you doing so. And you'll be happy to know I'm not going anywhere. Uh, I will continue as the host of this podcast. I will continue my work at Twins Daily, and I can't wait for the season I had. One of the biggest requirements for me looking for a job and looking for something I wanted to do was I wanted to continue my Twins work. And this, I'm so glad I'm able to do that with this gig. So I'll be posting clips of my calls on Twitter, uh, on social media, so you can listen to those as well and, and hear me on a play-by-play call rather than a podcast. But just want to let you know that things are not going to change with me. You'll just see a, a different background by the time the season comes 
um, for the Twins, or I guess in the first half of their season in June and July. But I can't wait to start that, and I can't wait for the season, and I hope it starts on time. And there was a meeting today between Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association. Doesn't sound like it went very well. At this point, I don't know why you'd expect it to go well. It doesn't feel good, but I'm still going to stick by my hope that they will not allow games to be canceled in 2022. And we'll talk about all of those angles. We'll talk about what it means for the Twins if games were to be canceled in 2022 or the season were to be delayed or the season, God forbid, doesn't get played next year because there's no collective bargaining agreement. What that means for the Twins, what it means for development, what it means for the rest of the division. We'll break all of those things down. But at this point, it's just not pertinent. It's not as it's not happening, so we're not going to discuss it yet until we get dangerously close to spring training. And guess what? We are going to get dangerously close to spring training. Players are expected to report in a month uh, on a normal schedule, and I just I don't think that's going to happen. I hope that it does. I hope that I'm wrong, uh, and I will stick by. I don't think any games will be canceled, but to see players reporting in a month, oof, I just don't know. And I texted a buddy today. I think March 1st is a, a pretty solid deadline for – when guys need to report to have the season start on time because you need that ramp up time. You need that month in spring training to get arms ready, mostly arms ready, but just get timing. And you saw after the summer camp going into 2020, how many guys struggled at the plate. I don't think that that was a coincidence. Like your Christian Yelich, your Cody Bellinger, all those, I mean, Bellinger was bad last year. Um, But in 2020, so many great hitters struggling in that 60 game season. And I think a big part of that was the ramp up period. And I think it's important that they get at least a month going into the 2022 season. But I made an oath on this show that I would not cover the negotiations on a day-to-day basis. I have no interest in breaking down proposals. I'm sick of that from the COVID shutdown. We did it. We talked about proposals. We talked about season proposals. To be honest with you, it was much more interesting back then because we were like thinking of how many games they could play during the pandemic. Like, Are they going to play 100? Are they going to play 120? They ended up playing 60. But all those proposals were interesting, I thought. And this is just not interesting to me. It's like, just get it done. You know, this is the circumstances are much different than they were two summers ago. So I'm just, I'm in the position of like, get it done. Let me know when it's done. We'll break it down when it's done. But I'm not going to break down every proposal that leaks out to the media because it is a leak. And there's always, there's always a, an intention behind those leaks. So just keep that in mind as you see those and, and follow this on social media. I wish you the best because it is very, very difficult to follow and frustrating to follow. We're going to get to sleeper candidates after this word from Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the new year. So go into all those cabinets and throw out all the treats, all the candy bars, all the ice cream. Throw it out. Replace it with Built Bar. You want to eat healthy. It just gets so boring. Built Bar is perfect for you. They're delicious. They're healthy. Most built bars contain only four grams of net carbs and 130 calories. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes. As I said, throw them out, replace them with built bar. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious built bar, you can almost count it as a workout. Go to built.com. Use promo code locked 15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. That's L O C K E D. One five for fifteen percent off at built.com. Thank you again for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms. Looking at sleeper candidates for the twins in 2022. I think there's one guy that sticks out above the rest. Uh, one guy who sticks out above the rest. And I, I do think it's Randy Dobnak. And a lot of people, when they hear Randy Dobnak's name, they kind of just they scoff and they turn and they laugh because there is kind of this. 
this stigma with him, this this attachment of the Uber driver, of the he came out of nowhere, and there was, was a great story in 2019. That story has soured into now he's viewed as a flash in the pan. He's not actually good. He's not an actually good pitcher. He just had a, a great 2019 season and a solid first half of 2020, and that was that. And these numbers don't exactly help or hurt that case. Like it could, you could see these numbers and say, yeah, I mean that's that's true. He was great. Now he's not. In his first 68 innings in the bigs, Randy Domnak had a 2.25 ERA. 68 innings, 2.25 ERA. In his last 57 and two thirds, he has an 8.12 ERA. So Randy Domnak has been an opposite in both the first half of his career in the majors and the second half. He's been uh, completely opposite. And when you look at his overall line, so now he has a 4.94 ERA in the big leagues. And People do forget, like, and I say this a lot, how good he was at the beginning of the shortened season in 2020. I don't think the Twins win the division without Randy Domnack. I don't think the Twins, you know, maybe they make the playoffs in the expanded play in the expanded postseason, but I don't think they win the division without him. And and he pitched very, very well in the first half of that season, along with Kenta Maeda when Jose Barrios was struggling, Michael Pineda was suspended. Domnack was great. And the reason that I think Domnack's a sleeper for 2022 is for a couple of reasons. Number one, the twins need pitchers. He's going to get work at this point. Like he's guaranteed to pitch in 2022. And one of the biggest things is he had a middle finger sprain last year. And Randy Dominic is a sinker heavy pitcher, right? Like he relies on his sinker, gets ground balls. He gets swings and misses here and there, but a lot of ground balls, throw strikes. When you have a middle finger sprain, and I wish I had a baseball to kind of grip and, and show when you hold a sinker, you're holding it a, with the seams. It's like a two-seamer. You're with the seams. Your middle finger is your pressure point on a sinker. And you throw it and you get that, that running action. And for Dominic, he gets so much horizontal break on that sinker. He's one of the best sinkers in baseball in terms of horizontal break. When your middle finger sprained, I don't know because I've never had it happen to me, but that's your pressure finger. So I can't imagine that helps your command. I can't imagine that helps the movement on the pitch. I can't imagine that helps the effectiveness of the pitch. And when, if Dominic doesn't have his sinker command, it doesn't really matter about the slider. And also with the slider, your pressure points that middle finger again, like you're breaking off that middle finger with a slider. And I don't know how Dominic grips his slider, but it's just that impacts you in a major way. And I think if he's healthy next year, I think just being healthy will help him get back to being a 494 ERA pitcher. And I'm of the belief, and I've been a believer in Dominic since 2019, that he's better than a 494 ERA pitcher. I think the Twins next year hopefully would get a 410, 420 above league average, or at least better than league average, I should say, ERA from Randy Dominic in 2022. And a ton of work. Like, I hope he can give them 150 innings next year. That would be amazing. And again, if he's healthy with that middle finger, I think Randy Domnak is going to pitch well next year. I'm just I'm I'm feeling confident in that. I could be wrong. It could have been a flash in the pan for Dob, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna go back to the sinker. And I think it's a I think it's a great pitch. And I think he's gonna be able to get ground balls with it if he's healthy, if he's able to grip it correctly in 2022. I would say Jorge Polanco was a sleeper in 2021. And the reason for that being is he had a history of success, right? In 2019, the beginning of 2019, he was great. Second half was not. 2020 was terrible. He was a sleeper going into 2021, a sleeper contributor. Like people were sleeping on him and he ended up as the team MVP. And I think those types of sleepers are interesting. Not guys you're not talking about, but guys you're not expecting to have an MVP level season. And 
Maybe Max Kepler's that guy. Maybe Miguel Sano's that guy. Those two are both sleepers going into 2022. And I wrote an article at twinsdaily.com about the three sleepers, uh, my three picks, and you can read that. And a lot of people said Miguel Sano in the comment section. Like, he's a sleeper and he has the upside. I would agree with you. So I could see that. Uh, you have to have upside to be a sleeper in my mind. I think you have to have some sort of upside with Randy Domnak. I'm not saying he has an ace-level upside, but the upside he has on a team like this to be a quality fourth or fifth starter is very valuable to them because they don't really have that. You know, they have Joe Ryan, Bailey Ober, and Dylan Bundy, and all of them, for one reason or another, have question marks. But if Dobb can come through as a four or five next year for the Twins in 150 innings, that would help them a ton and would help stabilize the rotation. So that's his upside. Uh, for an offense that's already great, like, Kepler's upside to me is capped. I, I don't know what his upside is because outside of 2019, he just hasn't shown it at the plate. But we know Miguel Sano has incredible upside when he's right, when he's timed up, when he's hitting fastballs. Is uh, is as good of a slugger as anybody in the game. Let's get to more candidates and the rest of my top three after this word from Bet Online. Bet Online would like to risk, wish you a happy New Year. It's a new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to get started from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online is where the game starts. So, my number two on this list is Ryan Jeffers. And when we talk about upside to put it into perspective, Mitch Garver and the bat he possesses is so incredibly valuable as a catcher that in some ways he has the highest upside on the twins, Mitch Garver, because he he's a catcher and because he hits that way as a catcher, it makes him so much more valuable and makes that position so much more valuable to the twins. And that's why I'm, hoping that Ryan Jeffers can tap in to some of his own offensive upside in 2022. And I think one thing, one thing will really help him a lot like Dobnak with health. Like it's not as simple as that. It's nuanced health. How do you, you know, well, how is his finger now? Is there long-term for Ryan Jeffers? The one thing I think that's going to help him massively in 2022 is his role. His role is going to be different. Last year, Nelson Cruz was their DH, of course, every single day, a Twins DH. Mitch Garver was catching against left-handed pitching, and you're not going to sit Nelson Cruz against a lefty. Nelson Cruz is gone, and the DH spot is open, and the Twins, I think, are going to use the DH spot for Ryan Jeffers and Mitch Garver against left-handed pitching because Ryan Jeffers, in his career, is an above-average hitter against lefties and is a well-below-average hitter against righties. In his career against righties, a 263 on on-base percentage, in 232 plate appearances against lefties, jumps up to 325. He's hitting 239 against lefties and 197 against righties. His OPS of 729 against lefties, very, very solid for a catcher. Like a 729 OPS and a good pitch framer behind the plate. Still working on, you know, throwing runners out. Guys like to steal on Jeffers, but excellent framer. 729 OPS. It's a great player. He's going to get more time against lefties solely for the fact that Nelson Cruz is gone. He's going to DH against lefties. He's going to catch against lefties. I think you're going to see Mitch Garver get 500 plate appearances in 2022. I hope he should get 500 plate appearances in 2022. And I think that's going to come with Jeffers getting a lot of time against lefties as well. That's going to help him on its own. And then you add in that he's got experience under his belt now. He's played 92 games. 
He's got 230s, or he's, he's played a lot more than that, excuse me. He's played 155 games in his career now, right around that mark, and has a bunch of plate appearances under his belt. You know, and, and I'm looking at his plate appearances, 355. I apologize. 111 games, 355 plate appearances. I was adding uh, incorrectly there. But he has he has work under his belt now, does Ryan Jeffers, where I think he can start to get timed up a little bit more against righties, a little less swing and miss. And I'm not saying it's going to be huge strides. I'm not saying he's going to start, you know, a Mitch Garver-type breakout where he's going to hit 31 home runs in 92 games in 2022. But I think he can get that on-base percentage up. I think he can get that average up. And I think the slugging percentage is always going to be there for Ryan Jeffers. He he has great power. Uh, but I think just seeing more lefties and more time, more plate appearances, I think Ryan Jeffers is a sleeper for next year for the Twins. Absolutely. My biggest like breakout, I haven't made it really a secret, on the offensive side is Alex Kirloff. And on the pitching side is Jorge Alcala for sure. And I think Alcala is going to – have a great year in 2022. I really do. I think he put it all together in the second half. I think if he's healthy next in the summer, he's going to put it together again. And I'm super, super optimistic about Alcala. And I think I switch back between Alcala, Alcala. Uh, I think Alcala is my main sleeper for 2022 because I think a lot of people are sleeping on his potential impact for the bullpen. The twins need high leverage right-handed relievers right now. And I think Alcala is going to be that guy for them. I really do. I think he's going to become a late inning weapon for the Twins in 2022 and beyond. I just, I love his stuff. I love what he did last year in the second half. And I'm just super bullish on him. And, you know, I might look back at the end of, of 2022 and say, you know, Alcala puts together another 450 ERA season, gives up a ton of homers again. And I'll say, boy, I was wrong. And I'll probably be drinking the Kool Aid again next offseason. But I, I'm super comfortable saying today. I think Jorge Alcala is going to put together a really nice year, and I think he's going to become a high-leverage late-inning weapon for the Twins this summer. I'm super hopeful, optimistic, and predicting it for him. So he's a sleeper. Other sleeper candidates, I mean, we mentioned Kepler, Sano, uh, Dobnak, definitely. Jeffers, as I said, Alcala. I think others to keep an eye on. Donaldson's a sleeper only because... We know what he can do, and I think he was slept on what he did last year when he was healthy. He was the third best hitting third baseman in the American League behind Jose Ramirez and Rafael Devers. I think he can be a top three player at the position defensively in the American League if he gets back um, to, to the defender we know. Maybe that's out of the cards because of the legs and because of his age, but I think he has upside. I think Luis Arise, although there might not be some upside there just as a sleeper candidate to kind of lead this lineup and, and have a healthy 2022. I think there's a lot of guys you can point to. Mitch Garver is another one. Like when he was healthy last year was amazing. People are forgetting how good Garver can be when he's healthy at the plate, when he's dialed up uh, outside of an injury riddled 2020 with that intercostal strain. But I really like Mitch Garver, of course, for next year. I think this offense is going to bang. Like I think this offense has Serious upside. I just, I'm not obviously not sold on the pitching staff, and you shouldn't be either. If you are, like, that's definitely drinking the Kool Aid. They need to do some work, but I do, I do like some of these sleepers, um, definitely for 2022. Let me know who you think in the comments. Sleepers. Let me know at twinsdaily.com. Let me know on YouTube uh, or tweet at me or whatever, and, and let me know. We'll be back tomorrow talking about free agents left on the market and what their steamer projections are. We'll look at Carlos Rodon. We'll look at Clayton Kershaw. We'll look at Michael Pineda. All that coming at you tomorrow on the Locked On Twins podcast. Thank you for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. 
it's free and available on all podcast platforms. Thank you again for listening. Have a great day and go Twins.